edition of Brandon Sports Podcast. On this episode, we're going to be talking about the late, great, legendary, iconic Kobe Bryant. We're going to be talking about which jersey number would you take, the 8 or the 24? The early Mamba or the late Mamba? So let's get right into it, man. You know, Kobe Bryant left us this January in 2020 on a very sad note, man. Tragic accident in California. You know, his daughter was on the plane, Gigi. Um, his, uh, the families of the Gigi's teammates, AAU teammates, were also on the plane. So I want to say RIP to everyone on that that tragic accident. And man, that was just a very hard pill to swallow for everyone, not just sports fans, just everyone in general. Let's get right into it, man. So the number eight jersey, man, we're just going to talk about, you know, different aspects of his game. You know, the physical ability he had, different aspects, you know, how he got onto the scene. And we'll just get right into it. Number eight. Got drafted uh, by the Charlotte Hornets in 1996, and they didn't keep him for some reason. I guess the GM of the Hornets at the time had doubts, and you know the Lakers, they looked into that, and Jerry West, GM at the time of the Lakers, he was very interested in Kobe because he saw the workout that they had in the NBA Combine, and he was very interested in Kobe. He said, this guy, you know, I'm going to take a risk on him. If he's available or you know, if somebody wants to trade him, I'll take a risk on him. And he took him under his wing, and from there on, everyone knows, man, Jerry West played a big role in uh, Kobe Bryant's development when his career, you know, kept going. So Kobe Bryant got drafted in 1996, and this draft class was loaded, man. I mean, some of the biggest names in basketball history were on this draft class. You know, and just to name a few off the top, uh, let me see right here. We got Allen Iverson, Marcus Camby, Sharif Abdul-Rahim, Stephon Marbury, Ray Allen, Antoine Walker, Kerry Kittles, Eric Dampier, Kobe Bryant, Peja Stoyakovich, Steve Nash, Jermaine O'Neal, Derek Fisher, just to name a few, man. I mean, wow, what a loaded draft class. And when the Charlotte Hornets took him, uh, Kobe was drafted 13, so he wasn't even in the you know the top 10 of that draft class. Just shows you how loaded it was. And Kobe was a big-time prospect coming out of high school, man. I mean, this is a big recruit, you know. A lot of the top Division One colleges were probably on top of Kobe. He must have received tons of offers from, you know, the big schools like Duke and North Carolina and all those top schools. He must have received tons of offers. And coming to a coming to the pros at, uh, at a young age is very hard, you know, especially not developing, you know, a college career. It's very hard, man. So, you know, it, it was took it took time for Kobe to adjust to the pros. Physically, emotionally, and uh, mentally, you know. Not everyone gets onto the scene as a pro and, you know, right away they make an impact. We've seen it with some of the best prospects in any sport, man. 
takes time to develop some people. Some people are ready right away. Some people make an impact right as they're a rookie, you know. And some people, it takes years, months. Everyone's different, man. Everyone's development is different. So let's get right into it, man. You know, in his early years, Kobe was, you know, a very athletic player with the number eight. You know, a lot of people called the number eight Froby. So, you know, when he had the afro, you know, when Kobe was rocking the afro, Kobe was very athletic, a great defender, you know, beat you to the spot, you know. He was very out to prove people, man. He wanted to prove everyone wrong that doubted him, especially the Hornets, that they didn't want to keep him. He was out to prove that he belonged in the NBA. He was out to prove everyone. He wanted to be one of the greats. And Kobe stuck with that, man. You know, in his early years, it was tough. You know, his first two years, wasn't seeing a lot of minutes on the floor. But he, he proved in practice and while the, he developed under the coaching staff that the Lakers had that, you know, I deserve minutes, man. You know, you, sh- you guys should be playing me more. And once his minutes went up, man, from there on, he just he started getting better. You know, all his his stats went up. His his credibility went up, man. Everyone started noticing this kid, man. And, you know, that Lakers team was loaded in the late 90s, early 2000s. You know, they had Shaquille O'Neal, Rick Fox, Derek Fisher. Uh, who else they had on that team, man? It was just loaded, man. They won multiple titles. And, you know, they made a history, man, you know. And Kobe and Shaq, you know, their relationship, I can't speak on it personally because I, I didn't know the people, you know. I didn't know them. So I can't say what I know. But, you know, well, from what from what you hear in the media and what, Kobe and Shaq have said, you know, there were issues. There were issues, you know. Clearly, there were issues between him and Shaq. Were they big issues? In my opinion, I don't think so. I think they were a little tic-tac-y, you know, and stuff that brothers go through, you know. Especially when two guys are, you know, some of the best athletes in the world, two of the best basketball players that the sport has ever seen. Shaq being one of the most dominant players, dominant big man the sport has ever seen. Kobe coming onto the scene as the hot top prospect from high school and wanting to prove everyone wrong, having that killer mentality straight off the rip. It was a very hard period for them too, man. Kobe wanted a ball. Shaq wanted a ball. There's only one basketball, fellas. And anyone that knows basketball, man, it's a team sport. Everyone has to put in their own and help the team get the wins and succeed and get the playoff wins, get the success. Start bringing fans and creating a nice franchise. Creating a dynasty. And I think Kobe and Shaq did that, man, in the early 2000s, man, when they won those three titles, man. It was a great time for Laker fans and Los Angeles, period, man. When they won those titles, it was just complete complete success. People were not beating them. I mean, Allen Iverson played them in the finals. You know, they destroyed them, man. No chance. Jason Kidd played them in the finals with my Nets. You know, we had no chance. <laughs> it was just flat out disgusting what Shaq and Kobe did in those playoffs. And they just dominated off the rip. Despite having personal issues, I mean, that just goes to show you that talent alone, you can win a lot of games with talent alone. You can have issues, but... The, the issues will overcome themselves if you start winning, man. I mean, it wasn't that bad of an issue. Also, I believe when Kobe was number eight, I think he won the slam dunk contest, if I'm not mistaken. I believe in 98 or 99. 
not too sure on that one, but I know he won a dunk contest at number when he had the number eight jersey. And he had this jersey for the first um, eight, ten years of his career. And, you know, it was very athletic. Get to a spot, you know, get by defenders, create for others. He was very, very athletic. But as everyone knows, man, that wall hits you at a certain age and you start to decline. But Kobe didn't decline, man. He didn't decline yet at uh, number eight. He didn't decline. But, you know, every athlete will see a decline in their in their performance. As they say, father time is undefeated. And the number eight Kobe, man, he was just flat out disgusting. I mean, highlights, throwing it on people, you know, making great passes, iconic passes to Shaq in NBA Finals, Western Conference Finals. I mean, this guy was just using his physical ability to another level. And number eight, Kobe, man, I mean, shit, you think you're invincible, man, when you have all that physical ability and you're young and, you know, hey, nothing can stop me, man. When you're young, everything is just second to you, you know? So I guess Kobe was just, he had that mentality in him like, damn, nothing's going to stop me, you know? And I guess when Shaq left, you know, Kobe Kobe, uh, Kobe felt that, man, you know, because they struggled after uh, Shaq left when he went to Miami. You know, they felt that. Kobe felt it personally. I mean, you know, he tried to push Shaq to his limit. He tried to make Shaq, you know, a better player. And, you know, Shaq wasn't trying to listen to that shit either. You know, let's keep it 100, man. Shaq wasn't trying to hear that shit, man. He's like, yo, I'm one of the best players in the league already without, you know, working hard, you know. Just being me, you know, being physically gifted and dominating everyone every year. Why Why do I have to work hard in the offseason? Why? And that didn't roll with Kobe. Kobe didn't like that, man. He wanted to see you work from the top, from the end of the season to the beginning of the season. He wanted to see you grind. And I think they could have won a lot more titles, man. And that's crazy because they won three. You know, not many, not many duos or any team franchises can win one title. Now, they won three. So just imagine. That's already a dynasty, in my opinion. And they could have won at least five. I think they would have won five if Shaq would have stood. Because he had at least two good years in Miami. At least two prime Shaq years left in him in Miami. With the number eight Kobe. They would have won a couple more titles for sure. So the number eight Kobe, man, he would get by you, he'd throw it on you, man. He'll hit some very clutch shots, man. You know, he was just physically gifted and, you know, opponents were scared, man. They were very, very scared, you know. That's that on the number eight Kobe on my side, man. I mean, I couldn't really, you know, tell you much because I, I didn't really grow up watching him that much in that era. I was too young, you know, to really tell you what I've seen, you know, personally, but as in, as far as the number twenty four, I can I can tell you personally about that one. I, 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 that that's different, man. He changed his number in the two thousand six two thousand seven NBA season, and you know from there on out, Kobe didn't have you know, I mean he still had the physical ability that he had at number with the number eight jersey, but it was just you know, it was a different type of Kobe, man. I mean, he was using a lot more mentality in his game. He was more mature. You know, he already knew what the NBA game was about. 
his game was adjusted. So he didn't really have to rely much on his physical abilities in his early uh, number 24 age, which was a 2006, 2007, 2008, you know, that, that area. You know, Kobe, uh, he would, uh, as a 24, number 24, he was just mentally, he was different, man, you know. He knew what opponents were trying to do to him, what defenders were trying to do, force him one way, force him another. But he was ready for everything, man. He was ready for whatever they would bring him. Hell, he was just he was just on a different level on that 24 that I saw, you know. And his footwork was different, you know. It's a very more mental Kobe than he was at number eight, I think. You know, Kobe just, he took his time, man. Took his time dissecting a lot of defenses and, you know, he studied a lot of film. I believe he would, you know, put in the extra effort. Athletes nowadays have to put in the extra effort, man. To be great in anything, you have to put in the extra effort. And Kobe did that throughout his career. Which is why he was so great, you know. When you put in effort in something, man, you probably will get great results. I, tr- I promise you that, man. That's from me, man. Brandon, coming straight from you. Now, the 81-point game that a lot of people know about with Kobe, it wasn't in the 24 jersey. It was number 8 jersey. So, you know, he has that under his belt with the number 8 jersey. And just to show you, man, how great that number 8 jersey was. And then at 24, he just he started going off as well. You know, he had great performances. Kobe only won one MVP in his career, and a lot of people thought he should have won more. A lot of people believe the year that uh, Steve Nash won the uh, MVP, he should have. Uh, Kobe Bryant should have won it that year. That was the 2006 season, I believe. You know where Kobe averaged 35 points. Yup, man, that's insane. Kobe averaged 35 and didn't win the MVP. I mean, his team wasn't that good, though. You know, they didn't have a great record. They didn't have success. But the voters are the MVP, man. They got to have a, a great criteria. You know, a lot of years I see different guys winning MVPs on different criterias, and I just don't know what the fuck is going on. I don't know how they're getting it. So Steve Nash won it that year. You know, his team, the Phoenix Suns, they had great success. They were a very well-oiled machine, you know, with Stoudemire, uh, Steve Nash, Sean Marion. It's a great Phoenix Suns team. Kobe also was a 15-time All-Star throughout his career. A lot of people can't say that, man. A lot of NBA players cannot say that. So that's a very big accomplishment. Four All-Star Game MVP awards in his career as well. Five NBA championships. You know, he won three with the Shaq and then two in the 24-hour in the 2009 season and the 2010 2008, actually. No, no, 2009, 2010 season. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. He beat the Magic, and he also beat um, the Celtics. Yeah, those two teams. First, it was the Celtics, and then it was the Magic that he beat, you know. And those were great finals, man. I mean, I remember that as a kid growing up, watching those finals, man. They were down to the wire. I mean, the Celtics had a great team as well. Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, Rajon Rondo. That was a great team, man. They had a great bench also, man. Uh, I believe they had James Posey on that team as well off the bench. Leon Powell. Some great names that I remember on the Celtics teams that went up against Kobe. 
And that Magic team was also good, man. That Orlando Magic team that went to the finals uh, in 09, I believe, they they were a really good team, man. They had uh, Hito Turgulu, Jameer Nelson. Uh, Dwight Howard was, man, he was a monster, man. Dwight Howard was getting blocks, getting rebounds. He was putting up insane numbers, man. The guy was just different. He isn't the same. Dwight Howard isn't the same now, but, you know, back in his prime, he, he was something not to fuck with, you know. He brought his team to the finals. I mean, shit. And he was uh, the only uh, all-star, I believe, on that team. And he, he beat LeBron's Cavs the, uh, that year when they went to the finals, which was huge on Dwight Howard's career, you know. But Kobe beat him in the finals, man. And those two, man, those two uh, championships that Kobe won in the, as the number 24, I believe uh, they meant a lot more to him than the eight because, you know, he had Shaq and, you know, he was young. So, like, you know, it had to come. You know, it was like a, a given, you know, a given that he had to win those with the number eight, you know. But the 24, you know, he went through those tough years once Shaq left and, damn, how am I going to rebuild this franchise, you know? And then they, they went out and made moves, the Lakers, you know? They went out and got uh, Andrew, Bi- uh, they had Andrew Bynum developing. They went out and got Pau Gasol in a trade. You know, they got rid of that bum, Kwame Brown. Sheesh, what a bust he was. Supposed to be one of the better players, one of the better big men in the league. He was a flat-out scrub. They got rid of him, and they got uh, Pau Gasol. Lamar Odom was also on that team with uh, Kobe and when they won those two titles at the, when he was number 24. Derek Fisher was on that team as a veteran. Kobe always loved playing with D. Fish, man. You know, kick it out to D. Fish. He hit a lot of clutch threes. And he would make great plays. You know, great playmaker D. Fish was. You know, those those teams were really good that the Lakers had, man. They had Shannon Brown, if I'm not mistaken, a great high flyer off the bench. They had Sasha Vujovic, whatever his name is. He was a great shooter. Great shooter they had, you know. And, you know, it's Kobe, he was different at 24 for me, personally. It was more of a, like, a smart Kobe, you know. More mental, more brain, more psychological. He also went on and played for the Olympics, too, if I'm not mistaken, in the 2008 uh, Olympic team. And he was on the 2012 team. They won gold in both those years, too. Kobe played well on those teams as well, man. They had LeBron, Wade. I mean, a lot of great players on those teams. The Dream Team, the Redeem Team, you know. <laughs> Actually, no, the Dream Team was in the 90s. What the fuck am I saying? You know, the, the Redeem Team for sure, yeah. And they won that gold. But nah, man, you know, uh, Kobe Kobe was uh, very, very into hard work and persistence, man. If you didn't, if you didn't have that, man, you couldn't survive with him, I mean. Shit. It's hard playing with a player like Kobe because a lot of people think, you know, hey, what the fuck does this guy telling me, you know, to go work harder, man? You know, I'm a pro already. I'm here. I'm I'm already a pro. You know, I'm, I've done things in my career, you know. But you have to listen to him, man. He knows what he's talking about. He was an all-star. I mean, how the fuck? He's one of the greatest players ever. How are you not going to listen to Kobe Bryant? Any advice he'd give you, you know, you'd soak it in. I mean, you could see it in today's players. Look at Kyrie Irving. Look at Devin Booker. 
All these guys that look up to him, man. Trey Young. I mean, all these guys, man. When you hear them talking in interviews and, you know, when they talk about Kobe, you know, they, they remember everything that he told them. They put it into detail and they left it right in their brain. Used it to develop their own game. Use it to develop their own Mamba mentality, as Kobe would say. And it was just something that he left, man. He left an impact on a lot of great players, man. He left an impact, man, you know. I believe his daughter would have been a great player also, man, in the WNBA. I think she would have been a star. Gigi had potential, man. From the videos that I saw, she she played with Zach Randolph's daughter in the AAU system and... You know, they were running pick and rolls and shit. She was shooting fadeaways, you know, at 10 years old. I mean, damn. She had the 24 uh, Jersey Kobe game down to a T. Like a 10-year-old shooting fadeaways like that, like Kobe would do. Like, it's in the DNA, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. That girl was going to be special, man. And it's sad that she had to go like that. I wish I would have seen her develop, man. That would have been... Something special to watch. And I know Kobe was, man, he was enjoying every moment he had with his daughter. As a father, man, I know he looked he looked forward to watching her become a pro and, you know, everything that a father would love, you know. But on that note, man, we're going to wrap it up today, man. And, you know, as Kobe would say, Mamba out.